So yeah, uh, but yeah. So no, listen. It's a it's a yeah. fun time. It's a it's a uh-huh. you know a good good day. Good day to get on up a little early. We're gonna get this thing knocked out. Uh, get the whole day started a little early. So yeah, uh, yeah. And let's look. Let's get right into the outreach. Um, mm-hmm. You know. Uh, so all right, look, I, I guess we can start with if you'd like because I I think we'd spend less time on this. Uh, I wrote a column uh, this week about uh, the splitting of Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And Robert E. Lee Day in Alabama, uh, something that only two states continue to do. Uh, and you, you'll you guess that we're one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I, I said in there that I take, uh, you know, I know a lot of, of Republican lawmakers. I deal with them uh, on a fairly regular basis. I believe a lot of them when they say that what they want out of this state is is equality and justice and that they're not racist and that they have a lot of black friends and that they uh you know they they want to do a lot for the black community they want to help out people uh they don't want this stigma of alabama to continue as this racist state that does things to oppress uh black people um you know i I think that that is something that they think of uh, I also believe my daughter when she says she wants to go and clean her room and, you know, but somehow or another, <laughs> it just never happens. You know, uh, I think the intentions are there, uh, but you know, uh, it, it's, it, it, there's a reason why that, uh, it's, uh, that embarrassment remains. There's a reason why that embarrassment remains. Everybody knows that that's an embarrassment at this point. We we know this. I mean, all serious-minded people know that you should, at this day and age, with all that we know and all the history that's out there and all uh, of the things that we have learned over the course of the last you know, several years, we should have known it way before now, not, we're not excusing the people of the past, but we should, you know, we, we should know it now. We should know this now. Mm-hmm. Enlightened as we are, we should know this, that mm-hmm. this is wrong. And the only reason there are two choices for mm-hmm. keeping this in place. One, as I said in the column, one, you are a racist and you want this to be the case. You want to you want to dig this knife into black citizens around because you like it and you think it's funny and you think you're being rebellious and you think it because uh, there's no other reason. I mean, probably <laughs> Okay. We care about Robert E. Lee in Alabama. Or so, number two, you yeah. covet the votes of racists. That's that's okay. the only two things. That's well, the, only, gonna, the only two options. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is the only point. I thought your column was really 
awesome, by the way. I think I think it was just great. One of it was just you at your finest. Um, <clears throat> but I but I disagree with that one point. Well, I shouldn't say I disagree with it because I don't disagree with the two points that you raise, but I disagree with the idea that there's not a third okay. possibility. And I think the third possibility is something that you and I have talked about before and that I have made a point to make as a as a as a as a nuanced sort of argument when we start talking about racism in this state or any place else. You have you have, you have people who are are absolutely racist, you know, mm-hmm. who are hardcore racist, they hate people because of their race. But then you have people who don't hate people as a group, perhaps, or maybe even as individuals, but they believe in white supremacy. They believe in the the innate superiority of white culture and consequently white people. You're right. And I believe that's the third option. I believe that there are people who perpetuate this sort of thing because they want to ensure that this state continues to embrace and embody white supremacy as the Confederacy was designed to do. It's right there in the words, as we've talked about before, of Alexander Stevenson, or Alexander Mm -hmm. Stevens, I'm sorry, in the Cornerstone speech. He said, that's what this is supposed to do. This great government was, as he put it, was supposed to have been built on the premise of white supremacy. So that's what I think it is, Josh. I think that that's, that's the third option, but I believe that that third option is subcon. I don't know that that's a conscious thought necessarily, but I think that it's absolutely a yeah. subconscious thought for, for everybody that falls into that category. And for some, it's probably also a conscious thought. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I agree with what you're saying. Um, and, and, you know, I just um, it, it's so stupid. It really is. I mean, mm-hmm. if we if we boil this thing down and and talk about, um, you know, let's just take Robert E. Lee himself. OK, no ties to Alabama. None. He has no ties here. Never spent any any real time in the state. I mean, he may have traveled through a couple of times, but he never spent any time here. He has no family here. There's no connections to anything he did uh, to Al- for, you know for Alabama that benefited Alabama in any way, shape, or form. Um, he was. If, if you want to honor him, you could. The only thing you're going to honor him for is his military service. In which case, there are at least a hundred generals, some of whom are from Alabama or, or other military personnel, some of whom are from Alabama, that are much more deserving of honoring. Even if we take out the, even if we just put set aside the racist shit uh, that mm-hmm. we're talking about here, mm-hmm. even if we just set that aside. Okay, and just talk about his military accomplishments. There are so many people who are more accomplished and who have done far greater things that we could honor with a day. So, you know, that there's got to be some other reason why this thing started. Okay, you you got to know this. and, And also another clue, I think, Josh, is it's not just that Lee is being honored, Mm-hmm. But instead, he's right. being honored on that specific day. Right, right. That's a that's another that's another way to sort of give you know to spit in the face mm-hmm. of people who are saying we want to resist white supremacy because that's what King ultimately embodied. Right. You know, if especially if you look at his 
his final years, the sermons that he that he preached, he was preaching against white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And so this is a middle finger to those of us who are saying we don't subscribe to that, we don't believe mm-hmm. in that, and we want this state to move away from that. And they're saying, yeah, we're not going to let you do that. Yeah, that's gonna, it was. We're going to force you to celebrate yeah. this general. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, let's be honest. It was a middle finger back to to the federal government when they forced uh, states to to recognize Martin Luther King. Right. Day. Absolutely. And that's all it was. Absolutely. That's all. It, that's Absolutely. all it is. Absolutely. It was Alabama's. Hey, you know, look look at the, us us white people down here sticking it to you know the feds and mm-hmm. and you know and not giving a damn about black people at all and mm-hmm. and really taking some pride in our cruelty and our ignorance uh yeah and which is honestly should be our state motto we take pride in our cruelty and ignorance mm-hmm. um and you know mm-hmm. it, it it just it's it, you know, if you want to continue to talk about this, and there were a lot of speeches given on that day because it was inauguration day. So everybody mm-hmm. that was going into state office was, you know, giving these speeches out. Um, you know, that's a that that's a day when a lot of stuff was promised. And mm-hmm. uh and all, all it was for all Alabamians, all we're gonna lead the way for all Alabamians. That's all you heard all day long. Mm-hmm. And you know, you want to start? Here's a good place to start. You know, yeah. because, you well, know, they, I know, it's symbolic, but it's it's still it, it is a big symbol. When they say all Alabamians, and when I say they, I'm talking about uh, uh, conservative Republicans mainly, uh, mm-hmm. or people that su- subscribe to white supremacy, whether it's conscious or unconscious. Um, what they really mean is they want a benevolent. They, be, they they want a benevolent kind of uh, 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 approach to be taken. So, in other words, uh, it reminds me of that movie, and I can't remember the 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 uh, the actual uh, the actual title of the movie. I wish I could, but there's a scene in the movie where I think it's a is it? Oh, yes, yes, yes. It was that movie that was done about. Um, the uh, the historic meeting between uh, Malcolm X and uh, and um, was well, it one night in Miami? Yeah, one night in Miami. Yeah. yeah, it was that opening scene where was it Jim Brown or somebody whoever that main character right, yeah. was? Uh, he goes to see his old white mentor. Mm-hmm. Remember that scene? He goes up. He goes up to. He goes up to uh, to, to to his house. Knocks on the door. Hey, we're so happy to see you. We're so proud of you. Blah, 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 blah. Come on, sit down here on the porch. Let's talk. You want some tea? Get him some tea. Sits down there. He's drinking his iced tea with his white mentor. And then um, and then there's some kind of conversation that ensues in which there's discussion about something that's going on in the house. And so the white people get up or the white mentor gets up to go in the house and the black character starts to follow, and the white guy's like, "Wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute." Yeah. Now you know we don't we don't allow niggas in yeah. the house. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly I mean that's right. really what yeah. it is. It's yeah. this sort of benevolent, benevolent yeah. kind of um, uh, uh, bigotry is mm-hmm. what I would call it—a benevolent kind of bigotry that is not it's not hatred in the truest sense of the word. It's more about superiority. It's about place. Yeah. Yes. And superiority. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Or as the rock would say, know your role, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and I'll say that that is often reflected in a lot of the things that we do in our, in our justice system in this state. Uh, and I believe uh, you see that most clearly when we start talking about uh, what happens in our prison system uh, and with what happens on our death row um and uh and the way in which we treat a lot of those people uh and and i mean we've had some stories this week about our our prison system uh in which you know it, uh the, there's a lady that's in a wheelchair that's been in in Tutwiler for a number of years now she is uh at the end of her life she's you know gravely ill uh and they won't they won't release her even though there's been there's a place secured for her at a nursing facility uh and and they they're choosing they denied her parole um there there's there was a guy that was dying of cancer uh adoc refused to allow his family and friends to come and see him uh, prior to his death uh you know that this week uh they've they've changed or in the last two weeks they've changed two major things in terms of death penalties uh one they they opened it up for uh, you know to stop this deal where you know there's a, a certain time uh stoppage uh, on a on a death warrant uh, and it will now give the governor more leeway uh, in setting the time so we can avoid some of these, uh, you know, where, where we don't have, uh, you know, we can't find the vein. And so we've got to stop uh, because the death warrant is running out. And and so now the governor has more leeway to change that time and, and we can go ahead and get those executions done because that was a, a big problem that we we're having here. Not we weren't Jesus. killing people fast enough. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. And, and the second one, which is, which is probably worse. And, and let me I'll just uh, read to you from the EGI's website here. Um, last week, the Alabama Supreme Court announced without input from the Alabama Appellate Rules Committee that it is eliminating mandatory plain error review effective immediately. The decision will have a profound impact on death penalty litigation and the reliability and fairness of capital convictions and sentences in Alabama. In most criminal cases, Alabama appellate courts will address errors or issues on appeal only if the defense lawyer objected at trial. Rule 45A provided that because death penalty cases require the highest possible level of reliability and scrutiny, the Alabama Court of Criminal Appeals is required to address errors or issues raised for the first time on appeal. It applied a higher standard to claims that were not preserved at trial, but it could not refuse to consider those claims. It also required the appellate courts to go through trial transcripts and to find um, issues uh, in which there should have been objections raised. OK, not just ones that were later brought out by, by you know, by lawyers mm -hmm. that pick up these cases, these death penalty cases, but they have to go through them. The Alabama Supreme Court, well, I should say, not the full Alabama right, Supreme Court, right. because three justices did dissent and were very, some of the wording was in the in the dissents were very, was very strong. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and which they said that this was a last line of defense for, for, and, and that we should have the highest possible standards. And when we're putting, talking about people's lives, um, they overturned this yeah. and said that yeah, it's, right. it, it was mm. too time mm. consuming. It was mm. too time consuming. God have mercy. Uh, to, to do this. And so mm. we're going to have people and, and they recounted uh, they recounted this uh, a, a, a number of, of cases uh, have been recounted in which the, the appellate courts have taken up issues like this that were not objected to at trial because um, you've set up a system here where most often these are very, very poor people. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. And so they're, they're relying on a public defender mm -hmm. or someone appointed by the court who is being paid a paltry sum to handle a death penalty mm -hmm. case, which is uh, in all, uh, by itself. Uh, an overwhelming task for many attorneys, mm -hmm. okay? Especially one that did not want the task to begin with and was assigned by a court, and so now he's got to devote time to it that he's 90% of which he's not getting paid for. 90% of which he's not getting paid for. Mm -hmm. So he's got to do this. So, so you've already set up a system where it's unfair. You can see it from the outset that it's unfair, and you're just relying well, on the sense of fairness of an attorney to go in and do work that he's not getting paid for because he, he's sticking up for somebody's life. Well, I mean, what does this say? What is what is the message that's being communicated, Josh? It is that there are disposable people that some yes. of us, because of our race or because of our, our social economic status, are just disposable. You know, the yep. only people that end up on death row are disposable people. That's yep. the message that's being sent to us. And, yes. and again, I would I would say, as I have said many times before, for a so-called Bible Belt state you know, populated and led by so-called Christians. My God, this is abhorrent. It's abhorrent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we are, we passed this. Our legislature passed this. Our courts have upheld it. Our courts have gone through with it for, for years, for decades now. Yeah. We, we, we recognized at some point, you know, which, which tells you this is hard to say. This is really hard to say. At some point in the past, we were better than we are now. Hmm. Say it you know again. what I mean? Say it again. I, I mean, even 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 yeah. back in the in the days of, of of Jim Crow racism, we were better as people towards other people, towards the poor and the and and our incarcerated individuals. We were better to them mm -hmm. than we are today. Yeah, at least at least those be? at least those who were white anyway. We were better yeah. to to those who were white. Well, yeah, certainly. I mean, yeah, we had chain yeah. gangs and everything else, and yeah. and you know, and, yeah. and essentially we we continued our our you know our slave system through our prison system, right? Uh, but and, and lynchings, yeah. you know, and lynchings, oh, certainly. you know, right? But right. I, you know, at, but for for a period of time, yeah, you know, yeah. even after we did away with with chain gangs and everything, you know, we were we at least were were better. We we looked at this and said. Well, listen, if we're going to put people to death, then we got to have all the checks in place. Exactly. And now yeah. we're looking at this and saying, eh, you know, let's kill them faster. And, right. and why do we need all these checks? My right. God, look at all this, you know. Yeah, it's almost as though it's almost as though we're running a death factory. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like we got to we got to be efficient as yeah. we kill these people. Not yeah. do we have to be just. You know, mm -hmm. not does our process have to ensure that no innocent people are being killed. We don't measure that level of efficiency, only how expeditiously we can execute. Right, right, right. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, you know, so let me, let me read just a little bit more of this EJI story, because this is how it starts. When appellate lawyers read the transcript, transcript of Samuel Ivory's capital murder trial in Mobile, they were stunned to read that the prosecutor in his closing argument rebutted evidence that Mr. Ivory, who is black, suffered from mental illness by telling jurors, this is not another case of N-word-itis. Uh, and now the, the the N word the N word is spelled out here, but it's in N word itis. What? Uh huh. They were not. They were even more stunned that Mr. Ivory's lawyer did not object. 
basically that there was this line of thinking that was perpetuated for a period of time uh, that uh, the claims of mental illness was nothing more than simply saying that uh, black people were not as smart as white people and and that, that this was not a valid claim that this was just uh, uh, that this was a uh, a claim that was being made by the courts because but everybody already knew that black people were not as smart as white people and so that's not a claim that could be made so this was and that was the terminology the very crude terminology that was applied to it by white people was inwarditis so yeah except there was no inward in there it was you know you, uh -huh. yeah uh at judy haney's capital murder trial appellate lawyers discovered that her attorney at trial was so intoxicated during the proceedings that the trial judge stopped the trial midway through and ordered the lawyer to be incarcerated in the city jail overnight the next day the trial resumed with no objections, and Miss Haney was sentenced to death. You know, you also not be surprised that Mr. Ivory, Ivory was sentenced to death as well. But the appellate courts were able to take up those issues, and and in a lot of cases, the appellate court was able to find those issues in the first place because they reviewed the trial transcripts and asked some questions. And now they're not going to do that, and people are going to be put to death. And it's a atrocity on top of an atrocity on top of an atrocity. So, all right, let's uh, let's slide out of here. We're going to come back in just a minute with uh, with Randy Kelly. Talk about uh, yeah. what's mm. uh, going to happen at a, at a meeting this weekend right. and bylaws changes and. Oh, yeah, boy. <laughs> OK, yeah, I think we got to jump <laughs> yeah. over. All right, let's yeah, uh, let's slide out. Alabama over. politics this yeah. week. Back in a minute. All right. I'm David Person with Alabama Politics This Week. You know, you listen to me and Josh every week, and we have a blast as we talk about Alabama politics and culture and as we interview newsmakers and journalists about Alabama politics and culture. Thanks for your support of this great podcast, and I hope that you will continue to not only listen, but to share it with your friends and also give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to it. Thanks a lot. All righty. Welcome back. Alabama Politics This Week. Josh Moon, David Person, and we are excited to again uh, have yep. with us uh, the chairman of the Alabama Democratic Party, Randy Kelly, uh, joins us this weekend. I know y'all have a, have a big... Uh, I, I guess it, is it right to call it an organizational meeting or or what or is there is it just a meeting? I don't, I don't know if the correct terminology. It's just a meeting. Just a meeting. Okay. All right. Well. Well. Anyways, we know you've been busy, so well, thank you for coming on and and spending a little more time with us this week. All right. Hey. Um. This meeting this weekend. Um. I, I know one of the one of the biggest topics. Uh, that's that's going to be covered. I know y'all have a lot of positions to fill and, and other things that, that typically go on at some meetings. Uh, but um, I wanted to, one of the bigger topics that's I think has been out there has been um, the issue of, of a change to the bylaws. Uh, the bylaws that were passed, I believe, what, four years ago? Um, and uh, that were at the time, uh, you know, the folks that, that passed those, that they was bringing the party more in line with the national party. 
um, and the and the National Party's bylaws. Uh, and now there there's going to be there are some proposed changes to those bylaws. I guess if you wouldn't mind, uh, could you just kind of go over? I, I don't want you to go you know, point by point on bylaws changes because I know there there are many of them uh, there. But I'm just what what's the reason for the bylaws changes? Uh, what, you know what what do y'all hope to accomplish by changing the bylaws and and kind of what's going on with? Them? Well, there are minor changes. In fact, the administration before ours just tweaked the bylaws. They were the bylaws that we already had, and so uh, I know one of the changes. Uh, the changes are being proposed by the minority chair, and that's his uh, job. Uh, but the changes, one of them, the uh, minority caucus is supposed to be meeting two hours before um, the meetings, organizational meetings. And uh, they changed it to one hour. And uh, But there was a... Um, uh, a lot of uh, misinformation that's been shared. Okay. Now we've had one specific person, I'm not going to call any names. Okay. But has been behind telling the people that the caucuses is going to be eliminated. And I've got a parade of emails and correspondence about the caucuses being eliminated, but the caucuses cannot be eliminated. Uh, bylaws mirror the bylaws of the Democratic uh, National Committee. And so some people hadn't, uh, don't understand that, and some are new to it. Then also, I think there's some discrepancy about some who are serving on the committee who hadn't qualified for the uh, committee. So that automatically creates a resonance there. Uh, We have several lists. So we're in the process of finding out who's and who's not on the list. And so it you can't say this is an organization of me to a certain extent. So we've got some in-house business that need to be taken place. But now a lot of this um, uh, kind of uh, resonance has came because of uh, disinformation. Right. Yeah, because I'd heard that as well. I'd heard that uh, uh, that that there were uh, there were some caucuses that were being uh, replaced, uh, at least in terminology, and they were calling them committees or uh, or, or something along those lines. And uh, and then in some other places, the uh, you know there there it was talk of well, it was a caucus in one spot and a committee in one spot, and in the in the new bylaws, and, uh, and then some other things. But um, it, but there are there are a couple of changes. That that are that are fairly significant, if I if I'm not mistaken, right there there are some ways that that members of the executive committee are, are being chosen that 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 are being changed from. Uh, let's say, I think I think one of the things that was sent to me was that uh, uh, the diversity caucus independently elects the number of new members that is needed to meet the diversity goals, which is what's under the current bylaws. And the proposed changes is that. Uh, the number of persons, if any, to be added to the state committee shall be selected by a caucus of the elected minority members of the state committee. Uh, and, and then also it, it restores a lot of, of power back to the chair to, to make some selections on on different things as well. So so there, there are a couple of changes that would be in there that would be fairly significant in terms of who gets to select members. Right. Well, whatever the changes are, it'd be a democratic process. 
Sure. My job is to be impartial and make sure that everybody has a fair hearing. They've either voted the changes up or voted down. So there's nothing unusual about that. All right. Well, I guess let me, from from uh, from outside kind of looking in, do you feel like these proposed changes, given given the angst that there clearly is here, given that you know there's some bickering back and forth already about this, that uh, and that there are people that are already at odds about what they say, what they don't say. Here's what we believe is going to happen. That do you feel like it's worth it right now to do this? Well, you're going to have some bickering. I think this is the best time to get the bickering out the way during the beginning of the administration. Uh, I served on the city council, and the city council, they always uh, got the controversial things out the way first. This is the best way to do it, I would assume. Uh, But there's no good time to do it that you're not going to have any feedback. But I do know that from just observing that you got some racial undertones here. I don't know if any blacks that has a problem with the changing of the bylaw. Uh, now you, uh, the only crowd that I know of is the crowd that lost or the person that didn't win chair. That's the only problem that I see was, was, was problematic. And she's still running for chair. But the election is over with, so we need to move on past that. And mm-hmm. some of this it's just a waste of valuable time that we could be doing something. Uh, Chairman Kelly, I I also noticed. I mean, you're referring to uh, you know one one person you refer to as her. You haven't named that person, and that's that's fine. I respect your uh, position on not naming names, but I'm going to name a name. Uh, I know that there um, there has been a circulation of letters pushing back. Uh, Dr. Parker Griffith has certainly uh, been one who's been circulating letters pushing back on uh, some of the actions that uh, are, 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 are likely to take place on Saturday and, and just the party's move in general. Um, and, and you say you think there's a racial undertone here. Uh, so let me ask you, First of all, if you think there's a racial undertone, do you believe that 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 the end result of what is done on Saturday is going to um, is going to help you meet a goal that you expressed to me and Josh in our previous conversation, which is that we need to get more whites in the party? Well, I think we're going to get whites of goodwill. It's not a matter of being white, whites are good. We, we had a party just about all white when it was a Democrat, and that was the party that lynched black folk. Right, right. So that's not the key having whites, but white people of goodwill. That's who fought to get the Civil Rights Act, the Public Accommodations Act, and the Voting Rights Act. And so you don't have these types of discussions in the Republican Party because they don't have that many blacks to deal with. They got well, as many blacks in their party right. as you can put in a smart car. And, and we know they don't. And we know. And we and we know that they don't want. We know they don't want. They they say they want more blacks in the party, but there's nothing. There's nothing that proves that when you look at their policies and their rhetoric. There's nothing that proves they want blacks in the party. So right. I'm with you and, on and that. Let me share this. But, this is, yes, sir. This is yes, a sir. party where you have 
70% blacks in it. Mm-hmm. Blacks are voting, has voted 98% and 96% for a congressional candidate in this party. But you have some whites that have a problem in just seeing blacks leading the party. Okay. And, and so, of course, you got some disgruntled folks, and they will be disgruntled. There's nothing I could do to change that. Okay, so let, me, let me... If, if I change some toilet uh, in the office in the Democratic Party, it's going to make some of them upset. Okay. So, so and let I me learned refra- that you can't please everybody. Right. So let me reframe the question then. And that crowd Do wasn't you, pleased when I won. That's what it right, is. Right. If they had won, they would have been happy. Okay. So let me reframe the question. Uh-huh. Do you believe that what the actions on Saturday are going to bring more whites of goodwill into the party? Yeah, I think it, well, eventually they will. We're in the process now of organizing the party, or reorganizing the party. And the strength of the party depends with the local county units. Now, many of our local uh, county units are not as active as they ought to be. As far as, uh, as Chip O'Neill shared in this book, all politics are local. Mm-hmm. This is where you got to recruit candidates. This is where you got to raise money. This is where you got to build organizations with. And that's really what makes a strong party is you having strong county units and then bringing politicians in to be accountable. Now, at one time in the party, they had a Jefferson Jackson dinner. Now, but we were upset about that because you was honoring, I got a dinner, uh, with the name of uh, slave owners and what have you, but they could just change the name on the dinner and call it uh, uh, the Kennedy uh, Johnson dinner or the Obama uh, uh, a Harris dinner or whatever dinner they want to have. But at least of all, they need to have some activities on the local level. And that's where their primary organizing uh, begins in our in many instances, our units are weak on organizing and fundraising. Mm-hmm. And so, question for you, uh, Chairman Kelly. You believe that at the end of Saturday, with the changes that are made, the party is going to be in a better position to do what you're saying, which is to, to have stronger local units where where more organization can successfully take place and more fundraising can take place. That's what you believe. Well, actually, this uh, change in bylaws has nothing to do with that. This um, issue that this crowd here has raised has to do with control and power and how they can sabotage and undermine the current leadership. That's what the problem is. Okay. Uh, yeah. Josh, naturally, Josh. Naturally, naturally, even when I um, sent a uh, correspondence out about having a meeting to heal and build a party, then this specific person, whose name I won't call, disagreed with that, healing and building the party. Um. And so, look, the drama just started when we yeah. got the drama mama. 
We've never had this kind of drama in the history of the Democratic Party. I told you, I started out as a member of the Alabama Democratic Conference. I became a chair of Alabama, a vice, a chair of a county unit of Alabama Democratic Conference. I became a regional chair, the vice chair, Democratic National Committee member, defeated uh, Alvin Holmes, a popular state representative. And then I became vice chair, and from vice chair, I became uh, Southeast Region Association of State Democratic Chair. And none of this drama took place until the drama mama came on the scene. Well, I mean, there there was a bit of drama. I mean, let's be honest, there's there been a bit of drama for a while. Yeah, look, let me, I got, I got two, I guess. I, I think. So, so to me, looking at the current bylaws, the current bylaws that are there that were changed, uh, that were tweaked, uh, you know, to more uh, closely resemble the National Party's bylaws. Um, you know, I followed that uh, fairly closely at the time when that was happening, and and most of those changes, if not all of those changes, were done to provide more inclusivity for a number of different groups that were out there that were underrepresented uh, in the state party. Uh, the, I mean, they're, they're, let's, let's be honest. There were a lot of groups of, of people that were out there, groups that the oh, Alabama Democratic no, Party no, really you're need. Being dis, you're being dishonest. Because no, I'm not. Was, I'm not being dishonest. I'm going to tell you what the reason was. Okay. Um, uh, we had a congressman that ran for chair. He lost chair. He got about 12 votes. And when the election came up, uh, he ran, well, he had asked for Nancy Worley to step down from chair. Mm -hmm. And he had called uh, Dr. Reed. And Dr. Reed told him, said he wasn't going to trade his friends for heels. And he said, call Nancy. So the dispute was a power struggle became from him and Nancy. Mm -hmm. And so eventually he got with Tom Perez, who was running for governor of Maryland. And mm-hmm. evidently they cut some deal. And when we had the election, he ran Peg Fox, an attorney. Mm-hmm. Peg Fox lost the Nancy Worley. And then he ran Peg Fox for vice chair while I served as vice chair. And I beat him better than Nancy Worley beat him. Right. And so they lost the election. And then they claimed that it could have been somebody voted that didn't have credentials. So they, this is not New York City, this is not Detroit. Everybody knew everybody, but they had been repeatedly told to get their lanyards and also those who vote get in the bar. And nobody was identified that voted illegally and the election wasn't closed. It would have been a problem if the election was closed. So they got with Tom Perez and they did some shenanigans where we went before some committees that was handpicked, and Nancy was removed from her position. Then, in our general meeting, we set the election for one week, and of course, they got together with their group and set their election for a week before ours and didn't invite us. And that's how England got in. And if you had been in that meeting in Birmingham, England was crying. He was apologizing how they let him use him to be chair in that specific position. 
So that's the honest. It's the power struggle. But I, I wouldn't. I, and uh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna to to and, go and look, back look, and reply. But wait, look, 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 if NASA was removed, I would have automatically been the chip. I, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm, but I'm not going back. All I was talking about was specifically the bylaws that were changed. Okay, because I do think that the bylaws, did, the, the the changes that were made, brought in a number of people into the into the leadership of the party that needed to have a voice in the party. A, a lot of groups that were that were like the the youth caucus. Uh, that were, that's that's been brought in, uh, and some of the other minority groups that were that were now recognized uh, in that we we now recognize in the party. I, I think it was very important for them to have that voice. Do you not agree with that? Yes, but I'm not. I'm telling you that it's not about doing away with any caucuses. Nobody has said that openly right. or in writing. Right. Well, I, I don't think I've shared with you how this mess started is somebody mm-hmm. put that disinformation or the lies out in order to get some people stirred up. So if that person, they are uh, dumb enough to follow that person lead, then they going to continue to be messed up and mixed up. And the main thing is being transparent mm-hmm. and, and getting the truth out. Because we could be rambling here about some foolishness that was never proposed, that's not going to take place. It's just a waste of everybody's time. So so, so after Saturday, no matter what happens, no matter what happens on Saturday, all of the caucuses will remain. And everything and all of the way that the executive committee members are selected will will stay the same. Is that what you're saying? But we can't get rid of the caucus. Right, I'm saying it. so. Everything's going to stay the same. That's in the DNC's uh, bylaws and charter, Mm -hmm. which our charter mirrors their charter. Mm -hmm. But it didn't. It didn't prior to these changes, right? Well, well, prior to these changes, we we were asked by the bylaws committee to change and modify, but none of them was sufficient to them, and they Mm -hmm. used that as an excuse to undermine Nancy work. Okay. That's what uh, that was about. It's political mess. Uh, and so, then, even with that, you had different people and different caucuses jockeying for power and position. Okay. All right. This, this is my last last question. Uh, you, you and I probably agree on 99.9% of things, okay, uh, politically. Politically speaking, and probably personally speaking, you and I probably agree on 99% of things. And I think that that's probably true for most of the people in this state who identify as progressives, Democrats, liberals, what have you, right? I think that that's probably true for the most part. Um, and yet, and yet, in in terms of the party itself, whether it's it's you in charge or whether it's Chris England in charge or whether it was Nancy Worley in charge, there seems to be a lack of cohesiveness in the, in the party leadership and the party structure from from as we can start it at the top and go on down or what what have you, but whatever it is. It's not producing wins. It didn't produce wins uh, for for Nancy and them for years. It produced you know a, a number of losses. It didn't produce any wins uh, for Chris England, and I, and so what I'm wondering is is where in all of this are the wins? 
are, are the are, is the party picking itself up off the bottom and, and returning to something that gives this state some hope? Well, I'm glad you mentioned that due to the fact that if you look at the last statistics, you will see that there was one million four hundred and nineteen thousand. 719 ballots that were cast. There was 647,525 voted straight Republican. You had 297,598 voted straight Democrat, 5,200 voted Libertarian. And the percentages was almost the same in 2020 and a little higher than it was in 2018. Now, you had 58% black women. Uh, young people didn't show up for the poll. Uh, so you had people basically voting across racial lines. And I have shared that white folks have been conditioned in Alabama if they have a choice to vote between what's white, not all white now, but some have been conditioned to vote for what's white and what's right, they're gonna vote for what's white every time. So you have a Republican party that has been uh, uh, sensitized to be racist since Ronald Reagan kicked this campaign off in Philadelphia, Mississippi to rally hate groups where Goodman, Swarney, and Cheney were murdered. And you have a party there that's steeped in racism in a racist state. Mm-hmm. And Lord ain't been able to change that. I don't know how in the ham sandwich you think I've been able to change it in six months. If you no, I don't. don't, I'm not putting that on you. I'm not putting that on you. I'm just asking what's the plan because this doesn't seem like a viable plan. My plan is organizing the county units, starting up, and I'm not going to lay out my complete plan because you never put. I'm a former train of combat soldiers in the military. And you don't ever put your uh, strategy, battle strategy out to the enemy. You, 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 you I'm, I'm, I'm never going to uh, put my whole strategy out. But, but do you think, do you think the fighting is hurting organized. that strategy? Do you think that the, the, the infighting is hurting? But, but I hadn't started the fight. Okay. I hadn't well, started it and I didn't propose the amendment. It would be voted up or voted down. Okay. It does I, seem like think, the bylaws continues that fight, though. The bylaws changes. Yeah, it probably does. And it's going to be a fight. It's a, a struggle for power, struggle okay. for representation. Okay, so so Chairman, Ke- so Chairman Kelly, let me let me ask you. Let me let me ask you this, Chairman Kelly. Uh, I think I think many of us, uh, many of us who are part of the party apparatus and who vote Democratic. Uh, we want to see, and this is a follow-up to Josh's question, we want to see some progress made as it relates to, you know, victories. Like, you know, here in North Alabama, we thought we had some candidates who were going to be competitive. And in fact, they were competitive. They mm-hmm. they got over that 40% threshold. Yeah, they were good candidates. You know, they were, they were yeah. good candidates. You know, uh, Kim Lewis and Marilyn Lands, and and I could probably name one or two others who uh, Mallory Hagan, you know, who we thought were going to probably make it or at least had a good shot. 
they got over that 40%, but they didn't quite make enough. And, and, and I think there's a level of, uh, there's a morale, uh, uh, and I don't care if you're talking about black or white or whatever, just across the, the spectrum, Chairman Kelly, I think there's a, there's a morale challenge in our party right now. And, and I guess what we want to know is, after the inside baseball is all played and settled on Saturday, do you feel like we're going to be headed in a direction where in 2024, we're going to see some victories, um, you know, and, 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 and on down the line? Are we going to start? Is this the beginning of the turnaround for the Alabama Democratic Party? Well, I don't know where the turnaround is going to begin. The only thing I can do is what I can do. And, and, and uh, uh, Zig Ziglar stated, you just do what you can do. And uh, then another thing about recruiting candidates, and many of those candidates, if the truth be known, they got as many votes as they did because people voted straight Democrat based on the ballot of the Alabama Democratic Conference. That's how. That's why they got that many votes. Yes, we had some excellent candidates, but they got as many votes as they did because we encouraged them to vote straight Democrat. Okay. Well, okay. Uh, listen, you know, um, I, I, I just, I, I think that a lot of people on the outside looking in at this uh, are are weary of the fighting. You know, they're they're just. Um, and, and a lot of people struggle with, you know, what, what, you know, what, what are y'all fighting about exactly, uh, here it's, you know, we're, we're, we're losing ground, uh, in, in, it seems in, in most places, but I, I understand you have a point of view, the same as the folks on the other side have a point of view. Uh, you think you're right. They think they're right. And, um, and, and you know it, it takes two people to to enter into a into a dispute, and so um, you know. Listen, I, I I appreciate you always being willing to come on and talk about Absolutely. it, though. And uh, you know, that's listen, yeah. it's uh, we do appreciate that. And and like I said, I think that uh, you know you and I, like most other liberals, progressive Democrats, what have you, uh, we agree on most things. And whatever the outcome is, I wish the you and the party well. And mm-hmm. I hope that, like Amen hell, that y'all that. have all the Amen success that. that you can absolutely have because we, mm-hmm. God knows, we need it, man. We gotta, yeah. we gotta turn things around, and we gotta get, we gotta get folks like you in office, and get some folks that are, uh, you know, doing doing the racist stuff the hell out of there. So uh, we yeah. we just really appreciate you coming on and spending some and, time with us. And let me share. I didn't propose the changes. My sure. job to be impartial. To make sure both sides have a fair chance, but it's the democratic process. Whatever okay. it is, is going to be voted up or going to be voted down. And I'm trying my best to work as hard as I can to bring other people back into the party. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I wish you I wish you success on on all those fronts and uh, and getting them back in the party and and, yeah. and getting some success and some wins on the ballots, but. Uh, Dr. Kelly, we appreciate you coming on with us and spending some yeah, time. Thanks, with us. Doc. Thank we you, appreciate sir. you, man. Thank you for inviting me. I always enjoy coming on. You good. Program. Well, we're going to have All you right. back. Thanks, we're going to have you back. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely we will. Uh, yeah, we certainly we certainly will. All right, that is uh, Dr. Randy Kelly. We're going to slide out of here, um, and uh, we'll come back in just a minute and wrap this thing up. Back in a minute, Alabama Politics This Week. Everybody, if you would uh, like an opportunity to interact with us here at uh, Alabama Politics this week, uh, we've got a great way for you to do that. Uh, shoot a question over to apwproducer at gmail.com. That's apwproducer at gmail.com. Anything about Alabama politics you want to know about, uh, I don't know, what, what everybody likes to drink or uh, where everybody likes to hang out or you know, whatever, whatever your question may be. Uh, what chances the Democrats might have uh, in the uh, the upcoming midterm elections? Uh, shoot us a question over at apwproducer at gmail.com. apwproducer at gmail.com. Thanks. Welcome back, Alabama Politics This Week. Uh, I appreciate uh, uh, Dr. Kelly coming on, spending some time. Um, I got to tell you, I'm not very hopeful <laughs> about the uh, about the end of the infighting. Uh, um, no, no. Uh, no I, I think I think I think Dr. Kelly, uh, Dr. Kelly's position is pretty clear. He's not he he doesn't have any problem with the conflict that is to come, and I think he almost welcomes it. I, I believe. And I'm not saying that in in a malicious way. I think he believes that 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 the conflict to come is going to lead to a purging. Mm-hmm. That's what I think he believes. Uh, now he didn't say that, but that's what I am. That's what I am. Uh, uh, that's what I'm extracting from what he said. I believe he thinks there's going to be a purging, and I believe he believes that what will happen is a party that is already Essentially, um, a predominantly black party, due to the composition of the of the voting base and so forth, uh, that it's going to it's going to be a more refined. Uh, and when I say refined, I don't I don't mean that in terms of elevated status, mm-hmm. but I mean mm-hmm. in terms of uh, of composition, sort of purity of composition. That you're going to have more. Uh, a more purified, compositionally speaking, party that will be comprised of blacks and whites, as he put it, and these are his words, whites of goodwill. Right. I believe that he thinks that that there's going to be a refining process that's going to start on Saturday that will culminate at some point, probably not Saturday, but that will culminate at some point with this more refined uh, compositionally speaking, party, and so, um, and so, I think he welcomes the fight for that reason. Yeah, I think that's. Um, I think it dooms the party for another long stretch of of defeat. Um, it, you know, if that's if that's the case, because I I, I think whites of goodwill, quote unquote, uh, is not necessarily you know white people who support a liberal progressive non-racist agenda i think it's one that supports what uh he and and dr reed want to have uh, you know and the, and the candidates that they want to put forward and their leadership in those positions and any challenge to that it has been framed in this 
lack of goodwill, you know, framing. And and I I just I mean I don't I don't think that Doug Jones has a lack of goodwill. You know what I mean? I don't I don't I don't believe that. I believe that Doug Jones, like Doctor Reed, has a belief system in place that I mostly agree with. You know, and and so I don't. I and but now they've turned. Doug and and uh, the people that were you know supportive of these changes, which again he seemed to agree that they were good changes. Did he not? Did he not agree that they were they were fairly good changes that brought the bylaws in line with the national parties bylaws? Well, he, he certainly does not seem to be uh, uh, opposing the uh, what is if you're talking specifically about what yeah. led to the caucuses, then yeah, I don't think he, he he didn't say anything that led me to think he had any opposition to that. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I just, I just, it just, yeah. this is the reason why they lost is because of the changes to the bylaws. Okay. And so they want to make sure that they don't lose again by changing the bylaws in certain ways. And, mm-hmm. uh, and listen, I mean, and we can talk around in circles about it if we want to, but that's what's happening here. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not, it just, but I, I don't think he would be, disagree with that though, Josh. Yeah. I think he, I think he agrees with you because he actually said, that it's a power struggle. So I think yeah. he agrees with you on that. Now, where I think I think where I think you you you've hit on an interesting, um, I'll say, distinction or potential distinction is when we raise the question about what does goodwill mean mm-hmm. and to whom is the goodwill being right. directed, right? Right. right? And and I think Chairman Kelly would probably argue, and I you know I hesitate to put words in his mouth, but. But just from again, from what I heard him say, I'm inferring that he would that he would suggest that the goodwill that you're talking about is not being directed toward uh, him or any black leadership. I believe firmly from what he said today that he believes that there is a deeply embedded resistance to not just black leadership. Perhaps, but even let's go a step further and say a certain type of black leadership, and um, and and I'm saying and I'm framing it that way because you know he made some comments about our friend Chris England, mm-hmm. you know, and and of course Chris England was black, yes, Chris led the party, mm-hmm. you know, and of course Chris was the choice of some of the people that um, that Chairman Kelly uh, has ought with, right? So I would say that that uh, that that's really where he's coming from, and he thinks, um, and again, he thinks that this is going to ultimately lead to a a stronger party. But I think, but I, you know, I, like you, you know, it, now it may it may get there one day, but I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen first is this gonna be it's gonna come crashing down. Mm-hmm. You know, this thing. And I say that because, um, as as strong and as and as opinionated as strong as Chairman Kelly's positions are, you know, in terms of what he believes and what he wants to see happen, the opposition is also strong. Yep, and it's not going anywhere. Nope. You know, and he's alluded to the fact he didn't want to say Tabitha Eiser's name, yeah. but we know that's who he was talking about. He's talking yeah. about Tabitha. You know, so you got you got on the other side, you know, I'm framing it this way. You know, I don't know if Tabitha would agree. I don't know if Parker would agree or Doug would agree. 
But on the other side, it appears as though, to me, looking at it, you've got Chairman Kelly, you've got Joe Reed on one side and their supporters, you got Tabitha Eisner, Parker Griffith, Doug Jones on the other side. And 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 neither side is going anywhere. Yeah. So yeah. I don't I don't know how, you know, the you know, not to make everything a, well, I'm gonna use a biblical analogy. It says a house divided cannot stand. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a house divided. Certainly it is. And and it, I guess made my, my my biggest peeve here is 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 the framing of the bylaws changes um in on, on one hand saying that these these changes were basically undermining them and and was a power struggle and that this was a way to do this and on the other hand not being able to identify any change that was made that was wrong or that did not introduce more inclusivity into the party that more closely brought them in line with the National Party's bylaws. And and if that's the case, then why are you changing the bylaws, you know, other than to just ensure that one specific group of people remains in power and they don't have to fight for it? Joe Reed was, was able to use these bylaws that are currently in place under the current structure and setup, and despite all odds against him, Want you know got his candidate reelected, or got or got his candidate elected that he wanted and 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 returned to power. Everybody knew that Randy Kelly was Joe Reed's person there in, in this. So, uh, so why are we changing it? You know, I mean this it just it just seems like another fight to to maintain a long term power for one particular group of people, and and they have no more of a claim to it than anybody else. And, and you can't just simply say it's white and black. It's not white and black. This is, you know, the most of the stuff is not racial for most people. It's it, when you talk to people did some people want uh, at the top of this, uh, you know, group of people, did they want the power to, to run things? Of course they did. But when you talk to people down the line, white and black, what they wanted was a change in the leadership because nothing good was happening, <laughs> you know? That's what drove that. It wasn't, they didn't, uh, Nancy Worley and Joe Reed and, and those folks at the top of the party at that time didn't become unpopular because they were winning too much and people just got sick of them. All right. It was because right. the party was unsuccessful for a long and sustained period of time and people were like, what the hell are you doing? You yeah, know? let's point and let's point out that Nancy Worley was white. So yes, Nancy you know, Worley was let, white. Let's, yes, let's, let's point that out, and then let's yeah. also let's also, I think, acknowledge you know one of the old axioms, which is that uh, you know winning uh, covers a multitude of sins. I mean, you know, yes. if you're winning, it does. Then people yeah. are willing to deal with a whole lot of stuff because you're winning. Yeah. But when you're not winning, yeah. then of course things are going to come into question. So yeah. All right, let's. We got. We got to leave it. We got because we got. Uh, we got. We got a right wing nut. We got a landfill that's on fire. We got all sorts of stuff, and we only got like ten minutes left here. Because <laughs> uh, unlike most weeks, we got. A, we got a hard deadline to get out of here. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So all right, the ground is on fire in Moody, <laughs> um, <laughs> literally uh, on fire, and the poor people down there are. It's just insufferable what what they're having to go through. Uh, with this landfill that's on fire in Moody. And now, now, <laughs> irony, ab- irony abounds, uh, the state has asked the EPA to come in and help. Please help us. 
please help us, federal government, come in yeah. and save Alabama again, but don't require us to be fair to people. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I just, this is, I'll tell you what this is. It's another failure by the Department of Environmental Management in Alabama. I agree with another failure by them. Yeah. Uh, that they they backed business over mm-hmm. people again, mm-hmm. and they failed again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a failure by Adem without question. And interestingly enough, I'm looking at a quote here from uh, ADM Director Lance LaFleur saying, neither ADM nor the county has the experience or expertise to put out a fire of this nature. All right. Well, that's that's an interesting concession. I also think that it's it's uh, we should add something to that concession, which is, as you were suggesting just a second ago, Josh, ADEM is the reason that we're even in this situation because ADEM allowed certain things to happen with that landfill that should not have been happening. Yep. And we all know that because that's ADEM's, that's how they roll at ADEM. Yep. That's what they do. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it in, in uh, Lowndes County. We've seen it down at, at um, uh, eight, eight mile and um, uh, outside of Mobile down there. Uh, you know that's what that's how they roll. They don't they don't seem to really care about what's happening to people. They yeah. say, or, or if they do, that care is often superseded by a concern about corporations. And and I and that's that's my belief. That's my belief about ADEM from what I've seen through the years. Additionally, I'm going to say this, Josh. The people. And Moody, who've been dealing with this situation just north of Birmingham, seven weeks, man. Seven <laughs> weeks. It's unreal. It is unreal. Imagine that that stench, that that toxic, uh, the the toxic fumes, the. I mean, just imagine having your kids. I mean, listen. I honestly, I thank God it's been you know during during winter, uh, you know, and and it wasn't at a time when you know when when a lot of people were were out spending more time outdoors. Not that you don't have to go outside every single day, you know, but still, you 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 want to spend a little more time, so maybe you can deal with it a little bit better during this time. Uh, I mean, but my God, man, can you imagine? I, I, I can't. And, I, and I'll tell you this. I was talking to a lady yesterday who, uh, even though she doesn't live in that community or in that area, she's involved in online and in other ways in trying to help the folks there. And she said to me that her understanding is that it's not just what people smell outside. People are having trouble sleeping in their homes mm. because mm. the smell, this, this toxic smell permeates that the, everything it's just everywhere from the way she described it. So the people have no respite day or night. They're dealing with this. My God. I, I just, I mean, day, just, day and night, you know, indoors I, I, and outdoors. I'll say this. I, you know, I, Sometimes I get caught up and and I and I'll and I'll say you know ADM is awful it's so they're so terrible but then you know I'm reminded uh, that I that I have you know some people who I know 
uh, who who work for ADM, and I know them. You know, I know them personally. I know what they do, and I know what they want. Okay, out of things, and okay. and I know the work that they do, and uh, and so I know that that there is a number of people at ADM who want to do a good job and who want to do things the right way. What I think ultimately happens a lot. This is my opinion on this. Is that the leadership at ADM, uh, particularly one one leader at ADM, uh, who is quoted all the time, um, has it is easily influenced by business leaders uh, and politicians, um, and I've I've seen it work up close. Uh, I've seen them cut these deals. Uh, that they claim, well, this is the best option for everybody. This is this is what this is what will make people work, and it is inevitably the. I mean, just almost one hundred percent of the time, it is the solution that the businesses themselves propose. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. I mean, it is mm-hmm. almost always that, and it is never anything that Adam's like. Well, you're not getting away with that. You're going to do this and this and this, uh, and it's never that. Okay, it's. I, I mean, I watch them handle this from from very close up during a situation with a plume under the city of Montgomery uh, and, and how they handled Gannett and some of the other businesses that were around there. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, and, and in that case, I was, I also saw Gannett's side on this, uh, that the, the way things went, you know, I understood why, why Gannett got out of, out from underneath some of this because they, they couldn't, there was no way that they could have contributed, but they were going after them because they were the ones that were still existing where the dry cleaning businesses that were there years and years and years ago were not there anymore. Uh, you know, and so that's, but anyways, so that inside on, on that, but I mean, it, it just, it's so often this concession to businesses on things. Uh, and, and in this case right here is, is an extreme example of that. And, you know, I, it, and I also understand that in a lot of cases, it's not black and white on this stuff. You know, we, I had I wrote a column one time uh, about the, the the coal ash that's in in the uh, you know the pond or whatever the coal ash pond you know on, near Mobile Bay. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't I don't know what people think now about you know like that coal ash. Well, that's how we burned it. You know, that's how the the process worked. You know, at the time, it's like smoking cigarettes in the fifties. Everybody thought it was good for you. You know what I mean? And it's the same now. But now you have this toxic waste and it's there. Okay. So the idea is what's best to do with it at this point. And so then you have these sets of options that are out there. And, you know, the business wants to do the thing that's the cheapest. Uh, and, you know, and then the, uh, the environmentalist wants to do the things that is absolutely 1000% the best thing to do for the environment. And it doesn't matter the cost or the people that are affected by it. And then you have the middle ground in there. And, and it, that's what ADM is supposed to be finding. But too often it's shifted just far enough to business to create problems like what's happening in Moody. And it seems to me, it seems to me that they have in many ways historically, and I I would argue even right now, perhaps, uh, is a good example. Uh, They've been a toothless tiger. Yes. I mean, they just, they don't have real enforcement authority and they don't really have the kind of, they're not empowered to really advocate for the people of the state of Alabama is the yeah. way it seems to me. So that's a problem. And that's mm-hmm. a problem that can only be solved perhaps legislatively. I don't know. 
but somebody ought to be concerned about that. Additionally, I got to say this, and I, I agree with you that there, I'm sure there are good people that work at ADEM, but you know, of course, because of, because of what I just said, even good people can't be of much use if they're hindered by the bureaucracy and the lack of, of real uh, authority. But here's the other thing I would say, John. Seven weeks? Seven weeks? Now, the governor has just now, just now, we're recording this on Thursday, January the 19th. The governor has just now, today, is my understanding, or maybe it was yesterday, signed an order or, or authorized, uh, you know, uh, some, some uh, uh, okay, announced that the, the state was turning to the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency to put out a landfill. Okay, so she's just authorized the EPA to respond to this, mm-hmm. this fire. Just now. I know. Why I know, has man. it taken seven freaking weeks? Well, it would have taken longer had some, some you know, uh, media outlets not paid attention to this, you know? And... Yeah. Uh, it just, it, it was just, we're so slow to respond. And you're right about ADM being toothless. And I'll, I'll tell you this, what they will argue with you is if they had teeth, they would no longer exist. That's their argument. If they had teeth, they would cease to exist. So if you don't like what you're getting out of ADM now, let them, let them piss off a few of the big dog businesses around the state and see what happens to, to ADEM. Well, then, so they're basically pointing the finger at the legislature. Yeah. Well, at the politicians. At, at the, the legislature. politicians of the state. And, 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 yeah. and listen, do we have any doubt about that? I mean, really? Do we no, have any I mean, I, that? I mean, that's, uh, that's probably true. Yeah. That's probably uh, I mean, true. We, we, and and honestly, yeah. you know what, though? Let's don't, let's don't let people off the hook. This is, mm-hmm. this is not a politician issue. This is a people issue. This is a voter issue with the people of this state have, you know the state with that are considered some of the big you know, hunters and uh, and fishermen. Uh, you know outdoors people. It's all we we love it. We talk about it all the time. We pretend you know we're out on the boats taking the selfies and uh, you know all that stuff. We suck at protecting the environment around. You're, here. Right. You're uh, right. And we we bail You're on right. envi- on the environment every single uh, at every single turn. Uh, uh, and, and do this. Look at our, our lakes and rivers and stuff that we, we can't even swim in them. You can't mm-hmm. eat a fish out of half of the Tennessee River anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Uh, so this it's it's voters. It's the, yeah. the they they do what the voters want, and the voters have told them that they don't give a damn about that. Okay, and yeah, so you're right. You're are. right. Ultimately, ultimately, the the onus is on us to make to make the politicians accountable, and if we don't do it. Then, as voters and as media and and concerned citizens, if we don't do our part, they sure are not going to do theirs. Never, yeah. never, yeah. never have, never will. Yeah, um, you're, right. All right. you're right. Let's uh, let's get our our, our right wing nut and our right wing nut. I'm guessing this will not be the last time we say this name on this program. Uh, it, it's Wes Allen, our new Secretary of State, who <laughs> wasted little time uh, proving his right wing nutterdom. Uh, <laughs> nuttery, 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 nuttery. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, nutterdom, whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, he is he has withdrawn the state from Eric, which was. Uh, in in his mind, uh, George Soros funded uh, voter theft uh, issue, mm. 
which is complete and utter BS. Uh, mm. In reality, it was a collective of states that had gotten together uh, to ensure that voters did not cross state lines and vote in, mul- in, in the elections multiple times in different states. It was a prote- That's all it ever was. Mm. And when John Merrill is your voice of reason, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> We're on a slippery slope, my friend. Uh, uh, my God. I, I remember not. way back when, yeah. when John Merrill was, yeah. uh, he was oh, running things. Yeah. The whole yeah, lot yeah, better. <laughs> Democrats and progressives and folks, we're going to be longing for the days of John Merrill before this is over with. <laughs> Guarantee it. I will guarantee I've told y'all uh, that John Merrill was the lesser of all evils uh, uh, on this when it comes to right wing secretaries of state because Wes Allen has higher aspirations. Uh, he has hired on Mike Jones as his attorney, uh, who was crazy himself when he was in the legislature it it is it's going downhill i guarantee that we this will not be the last time that he does some just out off the wall insane shit I no, I, I, I i don't doubt it i don't doubt it i i as i have followed him uh you know over the past few years I, i've come to the conclusion that he's one of those uh, right-wingers who is on the extremely dangerous end of the political spectrum. <laughs> yes, I'd yeah. say that's correct. Yeah. Uh, all right. Hey, yeah. uh, quick show for you this week. Uh, listen, you're getting your money's worth, though, okay? Because yeah. you yeah. paid zero for it. All right? That's right. So, that's right. Uh, so we gave you even more than that. And uh, good luck to the Democrats that are meeting this weekend. Uh, you know, yeah. I hope it all, all turns yeah. around for you. But, uh, you know, until yeah. next week, uh, y'all be safe out there. Peace.